0: Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Caletta. It's the 1st of December 2021. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com and on Spotify. Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other podcast venues. Well, Vice President Kamala Harris hosted and chaired her first National Space Council today. And uh, there's a good article on Wired. I've got a link to it on my Twitter feed, which my Twitter feed is twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta. And pretty much all the things I'm going to be talking about today are linked to my Twitter feed and the uh, full article is there where I'll just be talking a little bit about each uh, subject matter. But it looked pretty good. It says the U.S. National Space Council is back and focused on security. Led by Vice President Kamala Harris, the first council meeting of the Biden administration drew attention to keeping space safe for NASA and industry players. Uh, I guess uh, Senator Kelly... Uh, astronaut Kelly, Mark Kelly, introduced the vice president um, and he talked a little bit about um, his career and um, it was funny because I guess when he was uh, younger, he was talking about the Apollo 11 moon landing and he said he he tried as as hard as he could, but he failed at uh, staying awake when they landed on the moon. But when he woke up later on, he said he really, he, he realized what had just happened and uh, really uh, expanded his his desire uh, for space. So that was kind of interesting. But I guess uh, five additional uh, members were added to the Space Council. It says President Biden signed an executive order adding five new members to the council. The Secretaries of Education, Labor, Agriculture, and Interior as well as the National Climate Advisor. They were uh, additions They are aimed at ensuring that the benefits of American space activities are applied broadly throughout society, Harris said. Uh, Harris also announced the release of the United States Space Priorities Framework, which outlines the goals of the Biden administration. And it says in here, the uh, Wired article says, it appears to maintain support for a number of policies from the previous administration, which would be, would be the Trump administration. So it's uh, it's keeping uh, support for those uh, policies. Funding the moon program, known as Artemis, building the Space Force military branch, increasing competition with space rivals China and Russia, investing in science and technology education, continuing support for the nine binding rules or norms that would limit congestion and junk in orbit, and facilitating the growth of the commercial space industry. It says here in the article, the framework also identifies space as critical to modern warfare and calls for expanding the development of Earth-observing satellites that aid action on climate change. So you can read more about that uh, National Space Council meeting that occurred today uh, on this informative WIRED article. The United Launch Alliance, ULA sent out a tweet today. It says today ULA celebrates 15 years. Thank you to our employees, customers, suppliers, and partners for supporting over 145 launches and 100% mission success, one launch at a time. And then they've got a, uh, a little collage, it looks like of uh, many of the uh, launches that they were successful at. So uh, that's on their uh, ULA. It's at ULA launch is their Twitter account name if you want to go read more about that. China's Shenzhou 13 crew shared another video uh, taken on their Gong space station and this one is a haircut in space. It shows uh, the, uh, their hair cutting being done there um, and the different procedures that they go through to get a haircut in space. So uh, kind of interesting if you'd like to see that video. I've got it linked on my Twitter feed there. And speaking of another space station, the ISS spacewalk that was supposed to occur on the 30th of November is uh, was delayed. And that uh, I guess that spacewalk between two astronauts was going to be taking care of an antenna, a failed antenna on one of the space uh station modules. They were going to be replacing that antenna with a spare. But that was uh, delayed, postponed actually on that day, and delayed because of a a space debris orbit threat. And now today they tweeted out that the new day for the uh, spacewalk at the ISS is going to be tomorrow, Thursday. So the uh, 2nd of December will be the next spacewalk, uh, pending any space debris notifications. Hopefully there's none. Although there will be, uh, there is a space debris notification uh, given to the International Space Station for a close pass on the 3rd of December. So for Friday, December 3rd, uh, Roscosmos notes that a space debris object will pass close to the ISS on December 3rd at 1033 UTC. It says the analysis suggests that they are talking about object 39915 says Jonathan McDowell and uh, he talks more about that uh, in his Twitter uh, thread that uh, he discusses this space object uh, with the community and uh, he gives a calculation about uh, and you know it's probably part of the Russian ASAT um, test that they did all that debris pattern that got spread up there that I talked about last week Uh, Even though Roscosmos wasn't saying that it was space debris from that ASAT test, others are saying it probably is debris from that ASAT test. So that'll be uh, a close encounter, you know, whatever they suggest a close encounter would be with the International Space Station on December 3rd. But if all goes well, December 2nd, that spacewalk will occur, that postponed spacewalk will occur uh, for that repair and the replacement of the... Uh, antenna on one of the modules on the ISS. NASA wants to put a nuclear power plant on the moon by 2030 and you can help space.com says. Uh, The reactor will help sustain future missions on the moon, Mars and beyond, according to NASA. I guess they put out a statement from the Department of Energy Idaho National Laboratory. On November 19th, the lab is teaming up with NASA to put a durable, high-power, sun-independent fission reactor on the moon within the next 10 years. The two agencies are currently seeking proposals from outside partners to get this lofty project started with a submission deadline of February 19th, 2022. So if you'd like to read more about that, go to my Twitter feed and click on that article. Wow, oops, is the media reporting on Elon Musk correctly? They are fake news sometimes, you know, but is this fake news? I don't know. This is from Michael Sheets. Uh, he tweets out, Elon Musk, in a company-wide email obtained by CNBC, says SpaceX's Raptor engine program is a, quote, disaster and in crisis. We face general, genuine risk of bankruptcy if we cannot achieve a starship flight rate of at least once every two weeks next year, according to this leaked email. And uh, there was quite a bit of talk on social media about this, uh, kind of breaking down this email. Uh, You know, I never did go and and look at the email because a lot of times when I see certain networks reporting something, I just kind of take it with a grain of salt. And... um. Others will, you know, if it's a legit uh, a, a item of concern, I think a lot more people will get involved, a lot more, maybe more credible networks um, that don't uh, have agendas in mind. But, um, and I'm not saying that these guys have an agenda when they're writing this article, but in the past on some subject matter, some of these news organizations have had an agenda, and they will, you know, they give tainted reporting a lot of times or maybe leave things out. And uh, so I'm just going to let this one lie and let more people tear this one apart. And, you know, some of the space authorities will take a look at this, I'm sure, and we'll hear a lot more in the future. But, um, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from Elon Musk also if um, this is a, a credible or uh, something that's really of concern. Uh, but they did post a uh, complete rundown from the email. Um, and, it, you know, it just says read the entire email from uh, Musk below. That is in that tweet uh, thread that I just talked about. If you'd like to go and read the whole thing, it's it's probably about um, four four paragraphs. It looks like, and uh, it talks a little bit more about the the different Starship um, project. What you know, what's going on with it, and the consequences, things like that. So I think we'll just wait and see. Because, like I said, when when you know some news organizations get a hold of some of these. Um, leaked emails you know and I don't know how long this one was out there or if it's, if everything has been resolved already but like I said many of the space authorities that, that deal strictly in space and aren't a news organization will probably you know get more information about this and we'll hear more about it but if you'd like to go read this article and read the entire email I do have a link on the Twitter feed uh, twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta if you'd like to look at the entire thing and what is being talked about right now. Well, TLEs, and uh, those are two-line elements, TLEs issued for Russian ASAT test. Uh, TLEs, that's what um, they use to actually track uh, space objects, two-line elements. You can, they have different programs, you can plug the two-line elements into these programs and you can actually follow along. It means that they've actually uh, got a good track on some object before they issue a TLE, once they get that a good track on the object, they will issue the TLE. And I guess now they've got Space Track. It says has issued 103 TLEs related to Cosmos 1408 ASAT tests. Uh, this included 1982-092A, the primary payload, which was the satellite before the ASAT test, and it appears to be still being independently tracked as a distinct object. Uh, So it says here the object have almost completely spread around the orbital plane. So um, they're actually tracking these objects and if you have one of those little apps you know on your your laptop or or your uh, phone or or iPad things like that you can actually go uh, track these also um, these objects and so you know that's what they're tracking this, uh, these, when they give these, these warnings to the International Space Station now, they're using those two-line elements of these different uh, payload, uh, primary payloads and the objects that came off the primary payload uh, to see if it's going to cross the path with the ISS or any other space object, any other satellite uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in orbit right now. And so the 103 TLEs have been uh, released and uh, can be seen by the viewing public. DARPA to launch DoD's first in-space manufacturing research program. Hmm. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency in a new program will explore options to conduct biomanufacturing in space using biological systems like microbes to construct materials for use in orbital operations. The project led by DARPA's Biological Technologies Office is called BE-SURE, <laughs> short for Biomanufacturing, Survival, Utility, and Reliability Beyond Earth. It says here, the BE-SURE program is a fundamental study that will explore adapting microbes to space conditions, project manager Ann Cheever said in a news release. The hope is that eventually, this technology will enable in-space production of molecules relevant to space flight. And there's much more uh, in this article if you'd like to go look at it. And that link is on my Twitter feed. Well, CNSA Watcher uh, at Twitter released um, informational uh, data on with some graphics included. It says uh, the exact test flight time was not disclosed, but it looks like China's got a new interesting low-Earth orbit delivery system. Uh, It's planning to carry goods and or humans to low-Earth orbit at low cost in a HTHL way with two stages and novel type of multi-mode engine, which can work under different atmospheric conditions. This thing looks like a space plane, basically, with another uh, vehicle mounted on top. So, um, that information is included in this article if you'd like to go check out the Twitter feed. But uh, right now, it just has kind of like a conceptual graphics of, you know, there's a number of different looking uh, space plane looking things, and uh, with two different type stages, as it says uh lever, deliver things to low Earth orbit. So you're going to see a lot more. And uh, this is something they talked about in the National S- Space Council today, was um, the development of uh, China's space program. And uh, it's, a, it's an accelerated uh, development schedule. And uh, they're just kicking butt, I tell you, because there's so many launches going on and, and things like this. Uh, you know, talking about uh, partnering with different countries, even Russia, they were talking about partnering on on some projects. But uh, this looks like a very interesting uh, space plane type device with another smaller looking space plane on top of the larger space plane. Is what it basically looks like. But if you want to go check out that graphic, go to my Twitter feed and uh, or go to uh, the at symbol c n s a watcher on Twitter, and that individual uh, shares quite a bit about uh, Chinese uh, space program technology. And speaking of partnering, it says Roscosmos and NASA have begun negotiations on the harmonization of the technical standards on the ISS. Among other things, it will allow to dock Crew Dragon to the Pritchell using a docking adapter. That's the next module that they have just put up there, that brand new uh, module they put on the Russian segments. So um, Russia and the United States are, you know, harmonizing is what's happening there. And uh, there's more on that article there at my Twitter feed. Well, they're fueling up the James Webb Space Telescope. It says NASA has cleared teams at Guyana Space Center in South America to load 63 gallons of fuel and oxidizer into the James Webb Space Telescope. After extra testing showed the observatory wasn't damaged during the processing incident earlier this month. And I talked about that incident on uh, last week's podcast where they were, you know, delayed the uh, launch a little bit uh, because of uh, a clip that had come loose due to some kind of vibrations. They were checking to make sure there was no damage that was done, any further damage than than, uh, what they assumed. Uh, in the beginning, and it appears that no damage was done, so uh, they got the go-ahead to put on sixty-three gallons of fuel and oxidizer onto that space telescope. This one was kind of funny when I just saw it. It says, um, "Let's see, everything space on Twitter sends out uh, along with a picture." It says this Martian rock is nicknamed "butt crack rock" after being captured by the NASA's. Perseverance Mars Rover. So, um, if you'd like to go see (laughs) Butt Crack Rock, uh, go to Everyday Everything Space on Twitter or just go to my Twitter feed and there's a link there uh, where you can see that rock. It's a a very interesting rock. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't call it a Plumber's Crack Rock (laughs) or something like that. Alien organisms could hitch a ride on our spacecraft and contaminate Earth, scientists warn. This is on uh, Space.com. It says the growing demand for space exploration is increasing the chances of alien organisms invading Earth and of Earth-based organisms invading other planets, scientists have argued in a new paper. It says the researchers point to humanity's record of moving species to new environments on Earth where those organisms can become invasive and harm the native species. They say such behavior suggests the same could happen with alien life from another planet, contaminating Earth and vice versa, according to the paper published November 17th in the journal Bioscience. So, hmm, could you imagine? I wonder what kind of organisms they could be Bringing back to Earth, or what kind of organisms we could be bringing to another planet. I saw a uh, advertisement the other day, and I don't think I talked about it on uh, the Space Gap podcast last week. But they're talking about send your DNA to the Moon. Um, I guess some company is going to be taking a little bit of uh, your DNA that anybody who you know who pays for this and taking it to the Moon. Well, that's that's bringing up bringing up organisms I would imagine to not another planet but to the lunar surface. Um, so they're encouraging this kind of stuff. I wonder if that uh, paper in the journal Bioscience mentions things like that where companies are jumping on the bandwagon to um, take things you know, involving human uh, DNA to the moon or possibly in the future to other planets. So not only uh, you know, and this this is intentional, <laughs> bringing, bringing DNA intentionally to another planet, not by accident, like uh, when what is it those um, those alien uh, movies they had where the organisms came back, or you know they were they were trapped in the spacecraft and were riding along with the the uh, space uh, voyagers, and uh, but I think they're talking about smaller uh, type organisms. Uh, that they're afraid of, that things maybe we can't see, um, that hitch a ride. But, but interesting article, um, and there is a link to that that paper that was published on the uh, 17th of November, if you'd like to go read more about that. And you get that link is on my Twitter feed. Well, Mars Perseverance rover has uh, collected some more samples. It says, a rock so nice, I sampled it twice just capped and sealed my fifth sample tube with another piece from the interesting rock. I'm doubling up on samples at some high priority targets like this one. And uh, it has a, a few pictures of the uh, samples that the NASA's uh, Perseverance Mars rover has grabbed. And like I told you in previous podcasts, this sample return uh, project, this mission, will come at a later date. Uh, once they determine, you know, when this is going to be going up. But for right now, Mars Perseverance is sampling and uh, putting away and sealing uh, in sample tubes, uh, hopefully rocks and soil, Martian soil, that will be coming back to Earth in a uh, future sample return mission. And I guess they had a a really good piece uh, written in The Economist uh, it talked about the Hubble Space Telescope images and because of these, these mega constellations of satellites that are being launched uh, and more and more, you know, all the time. And uh, the FCC just, you know, as I talked about in the recent past, that, uh, you know, tens of thousands more uh, approvals or requests to have satellites put into orbit. Uh, part of these mega constellations done by many different companies. Uh, But I guess now it says here that uh, one result from their ESA intern team project that they had, and they talk about in this paper. And I do have a link on my Twitter feed uh, to the paper. It says, namely, that the number of trails, and when they say trails, they mean light trails, reflective trails, uh, from these satellites that are part of these mega constellations. Uh, as, it's, as a telescope or you know, a camera or anything uh, optical capturing um, device is taking a picture you know, of the heavens above you know, when they have their lens open for a long period of time. Stars and, and planets and things pretty much uh, reflect back as single objects. But a satellite, will, which, which is moving, will look like a, a line, a light line, and there's, there's thousands of these light lines apparently seen in a lot of these uh, new Hubble images. It says here the number of trails, which means these, light, these satellite light trails seen in Hubble images, increased by 80% in the first half of 2021 compared to a 20, 2009 through 2020 baseline. So just in this short amount of time, The number of satellite light trails that pretty much basically they're saying pollute the Hubble images has increased by 80%. Isn't that something? Oh my goodness. Well, that's it. Until next time.